new music industry podcast, and I'm David Andrew Let's dig in. All right, today I'm chatting with Vic Rajan, co-founder of phoneblogger.net. How are you today? I'm well. How are you doing, David? I'm great, thanks. You know, we had the opportunity to chat once before in a completely different context on a different type of podcast, but it's really great to catch up in this way, and I'm glad you reached out. Likewise. Looking forward to talking about LinkedIn and related stuff. Yeah. I guess by way of introduction, I think there's nobody in the music industry that wouldn't consider social media important, or at least most modern-day musicians and business would definitely consider it a key component of what they're doing. And these days, so many people are going, Instagram, Instagram, that's where that's where it's at, you know? And I have a friend who's a guitar teacher, and he says, well, all the kids are on Instagram now. <laughs> the funny part the funny part about it is, though, Instagram doesn't even have a quarter of Facebook or YouTube's user base, not even at this point. So to me, the, big, the bigger headline, the more interesting story is, when will YouTube overtake Facebook? And it seems like just a matter of time. So in this whole mix of social media, and we know there's I don't know if people know this, but there are dozens, there are hundreds of social networks and social media apps and sites out there. And among them, one of the top 10 is LinkedIn. So here we are to talk about LinkedIn and uh, why musicians should even care. So maybe let's start there. Sure. Well, in the professional networking space, LinkedIn is rather unique. You know, it purposely positioned itself as the peer-to-peer, professional-to-professional networking platform and the only aspect of it being social is that we are all social beings. So it's kind of lumped up in the same social media world as Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter and et cetera. But it's really its own entity and very distinct. And there are really, you know, awesome parts of LinkedIn. I think there are a lot of annoying parts of LinkedIn that my company is <laughs> trying to help uh, users overcome. But Uh, there's nothing like it out in that landscape. And so for anyone who's looking to connect with influencers, uh, looking to connect with professionals, looking to connect with that uh, higher end uh, family person who um, may be on LinkedIn for work purposes, but has other interests in addition to what they do professionally, uh, LinkedIn is where it's at. And it's growing. And it's one of the few social media that's making money kind of the old fashioned way, as opposed to just advertising they sell a product uh and of course we become the product when we're on linkedin like our resumes but they're selling it to job mm-hmm. hunters uh part of um, headhunters and and uh, job recruiters and and things like that but there's a lot of other networking happening on linkedin that is well worth a second look if it's done correctly or else quite honestly yeah it can be a waste of time if done incorrectly my business coach james Franco has recently taken a little more liking to linkedin than before i think he was mostly ignoring it. But then when he saw that people on LinkedIn were suddenly engaging with his videos more so than on other networks, yeah, he stood up and, and paid attention to it. So <clears throat> it might be for some people in any way, an opportunity to stand out among a very noisy space because LinkedIn doesn't have the same user base as a place like Facebook, although it is huge. It is huge. Uh, like over 500 million users, uh, active users on LinkedIn, uh, you talked about video, uh, native video to LinkedIn is really brand new. It's like a couple of months old at this point, not even uh, a year old to have native video. You were able to share YouTube for a while, but 
the native uh, YouTube is, is much more scroll friendly, to put it that way. Um, so from that aspect, it's growing as a platform. And, you know, it, it's when, when people are on LinkedIn, it's, it's a conscious effort. Uh, sometimes that's a negative because um, it is not as sticky and as social and fun as let's say Facebook or other platforms uh, where we could just kind of purposely distract ourselves. And, you know, it's a second or third screen uh, to like what we're, you know, watching TV, we got our laptop, we got a cell phone, we're scrolling on Facebook or what have you. With LinkedIn, it's a little bit more transactional. We're, we're kind of there for a purpose. That can be somewhat uh, of, uh, of a negative. However, the positive is that when people are there, people are actually engaged for professional purposes. So it's kind of like they're not showing up often or as often, but when they do show up, you have their attention. And if your intention is to uh, them in a professional way because it's a it's a in that sense a b2b play or you're looking at your colleagues on linkedin as referral relationships well you you definitely have their attention way more than when people are just kind of blindly scrolling by habit the way we do on facebook etc that is one of the things i've noticed about linkedin for sure and it sort of gives off the impression that it's a very formal and professional place, which it is. It's good to be respectful, but I found like, you know, I can still post the same type of content to LinkedIn. It is great to, you know, pay play to the social media network's strengths, but I found that I can still post the same type of content I would to Twitter to, on Facebook on LinkedIn and get some attention for it. Oh, sure. You know, it all boils down to who's in your circle and your inner circles. Um, and, you know, it, for example, when we send uh, an email to someone, just because they're a work colleague doesn't mean we're not going to speak to them the way they are our friends. So when someone you know reaches that level or you know you want to treat people in your professional circle uh, in a more social way, um, you know, yeah, you got to be respectful. B, you got to know that it's still semi-public, so you don't want to make a fool of yourself. But at the same time... <laughs> um, if you are genuine and authentic, which is a you know a very beaten word, but be yourself. And if you're the way you are, is you, know, you have a sense of humor or a peculiar sense of uh, of speaking, uh, do that on LinkedIn because these are actual real people that you're connected to, probably in the real world. And that's also kind of different from let's say a Twitter atmosphere where you're just connected with a lot of different people. You may not have an offline relationship per se, but on LinkedIn, very often you do, and you may not see them a lot, but they know who you are potentially offline and you want to be the same way. Uh, and I think, you know, and so you don't have to feel curtailed that you're in a work environment. Not everybody is stuffy, not every workplace is stuffy anymore. Uh, so you can, uh, you can cut up and it's treat it as though you would at the work Christmas party or holiday party where you know, you don't want to go too crazy with the lampshade on, on a standing on a table, but uh, there's definitely a lot of latitude in room between being a, a stuffy suit and, and the other side being the lampshade on dancing on the table. So there's a lot of room to, mm -hmm. to, to be casual and to be social and to be yourself uh, while being uh, semi-professional. Yeah. And another thing that I like, because I do tend to create and write a lot of content is just the ability to post articles to LinkedIn. Yeah. I don't necessarily take advantage of it as much as I should because of my industry in, in general, <clears throat> you know, there, it isn't necessarily 
a space to talk about uh, music marketing or independent music, although it could be a great place to talk about the music industry at large so that people can kind of learn about the entertainment industry and potential opportunities there. But that's another function that I definitely like a lot about LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn has LinkedIn Publisher, which is essentially its blogging platform. It's where you can essentially write, type, or copy-paste into it long-form articles uh, and you can include images and, and video into it, but it's really you know the long form text. Um, I, I don't suggest people relying on it exclusively as a blog because uh, you never know what LinkedIn's yeah. intentions are. They could shut it down, and, and then you kind of lost all of that. So you should probably have an archive or your own blog, and, and this be secondary or, or uh, the other way around. But always have your own backup. Uh, so that that's really cool, and and we'll definitely get into. Kind of the other half of LinkedIn, in addition to posting content, it's engaging with other people's content. That's very often where it's at. But really, to your point, David, um, when it comes to music, I know three colleagues right off the top of my head that are um, in bands and it is their, mm. to say hobby is very insulting. Like I, It's hard to say that whether or not they're professional, uh, but they've got regular gigs, they've got CDs or music out. Um, and is that is their passion. And while their professional day job, so to speak, you know, maybe pays the bills more. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, you know, if, if the fork in lives went differently, they probably prefer doing music full time. So the reason I say that is um, yeah, everybody's got these side projects, side hustles, hobbies, pastimes, you know, passions, etc. And or other things going on in their life that they're working on, uh, hoping that that will actually make it big, you know, kind of like the side hustle. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind, even as uh, as you're on LinkedIn, uh, it's an easy question for you to throw out there. Hey, anyone got you know doing music on the side? Um, just knowing that probably their full time gig is what they're going to put on their LinkedIn profile. They may or may not mention their music endeavors on their LinkedIn profile, kind of because of all the mm-hmm. stuff that we're just talking about that it's not what they would typically talk about at work, but they would probably share it at work to their buddies and the people that they're close with. And they can kind of break the ice and it probably comes up the first time they go out to lunch with someone because it's always on their mind, uh, but it's not necessarily on their LinkedIn profile. Um, and they probably do talk about it maybe on the other social media, but they may not be that active on other social media, given their age group. That uh, The folks I'm thinking of, um, they got more gray hair than I do. Uh, but music uh, is a passion. It's probably been part of their lives uh, since uh, before they had gray hair. So, for you know, as you probably know better than I do, uh, music is a part of everyone's life in one way or another. And making music and being part of the music world is a part of more lives than uh, than I would even imagine. And I know it from just three examples, and that's just from three people that I know well enough, right? Uh, and, and if that's the case, there are probably dozens that I know um, personally. Uh, but it never comes up. It never comes up on LinkedIn. But if, if someone were uh, poking them for it, they would gladly talk about it because it's their love, maybe even their first love. Got it. So, yeah, I guess it's worth syndicating my content over so to sad. LinkedIn. Is, yeah. Something I've been doing with and experimenting with on, on Medium as well. And partly because I also just wanted to publish, you know, business or general business, personal development, spiritual related content on another platform that wasn't the Music Entrepreneur HQ. So that was another reason I adopted Medium as a potential channel. But 
that definitely gives me uh, more reason to syndicate and share the content I'm creating on, on a platform like LinkedIn. Yeah, makes sense. So I don't know, what are some other benefits we could point to is, uh, for musicians or music entrepreneurs looking to use a platform like LinkedIn? I would say the number one is staying top of mind with influencers and referral relationships within the industry. Um, not everyone that you know is posting on LinkedIn, but let's say the uh, small percentage even that are posting on LinkedIn, we're all in the same boat where we're all kind of wondering does anyone care? Does anyone look at my content, watch it, read it? Um, and, you know, when we get that like on any social media platform, we see that little red dot. Um, it's a dopamine surge. And it's kind of why all these social media sites are so addictive, because it is very much you know drugging us into using it. Same thing when it comes to people <laughs> posting on LinkedIn. But even more important than us posting original content, uh, our own blog, our own video, our own music, of course, uh, on LinkedIn, is engaging with other people's content, uh, liking, commenting, sharing other people's content. After all, it's the golden rule. You know, the more we do unto others, the more others will do unto us. So uh, if we are engaging with their content, uh, they'll engage with us and engage our content. They'll, they'll remember us. They'll refer us. They'll recommend us. Uh, in, in the endorsement set sense of uh, recommending on LinkedIn, which is their testimonials, but also recommending in the uh, good old-fashioned sense of the word. And, um, and and that can be a little cumbersome and annoying on LinkedIn. You know, I know when I tell my clients that, hey, you know, we post content on behalf of our clients, so we can handle that part. But it would be just disingenuous uh, for us to go onto LinkedIn and start liking, commenting, sharing the posts in their home feed, you know, their colleagues' po um, posts. And so we say, hey, look, you got to go onto LinkedIn, you got to scroll your home feed, and you got to start engaging with other people because the more you do it to others, they'll they'll engage onto uh, your posts. And they say, yeah, 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 we got to do that. And they, you know, all right, let's just do it now. Let's go onto LinkedIn right now and let me show you what I mean by that. They go onto LinkedIn and we all have this same issue. We start scrolling our home feed and the first reaction is like, who the heck are all these people? Like, I barely know them. You know, maybe you met them at a conference, maybe they were an old coworker. I mean, these are more acquaintances rather than even colleagues, let alone the most important people in your business life. And I wanted to kind of change that for our clients because it's so inefficient, practically a waste of time. That they would look at me like I'm crazy, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, just keep scrolling and scrolling, and eventually you'll find people and find posts that you want to engage with. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's basically what you do. That's what LinkedIn is. And they're like, that's stupid. I'm like, well, you know, that's just, you know, that's really what you can do. Now, you could go into somebody's profile, go into their activity feed, see what they got, and, and see if there's anything to like, comment, or share. But that's really cumbersome. So we created this little uh, browser extension, this add-on onto LinkedIn. It's free right now. And it's called Inner Circles. And it basically enables, really, I made it for our clients to uh, create Inner Circles, to create kind of like Twitter lists, but for LinkedIn. Uh, our clients can just copy and paste people that are in different circles. So what do I mean by that? So if you've got a list of uh, your media influencers, you've got a list of prospects, and these are especially like B2B, but it, it could be a list uh, of uh, of your own clients if, they, if they're in the professional world, and it, it automatically creates a circle out of these people. Now, you could also create a circle out of by searching by keywords. So you could type in um, you know, the words podcast or host or media, 
and it'll create a circle automatically of just the people in your first degree. This is it's supposed to be people that you're connected with. And now when you click that label, it'll bring up just those people. Let's say there are 12 people, just those 12 people and their posts. So now I can very quickly hone in on like the 12 people that I really want to engage with, see if they've got any new posts, like, comment, and share when appropriate, and essentially cut down and like cut down and really eliminate all that waste and clutter of just people that I barely know. Now, sometimes it's nice to just keep scrolling and discover uh, and stumble upon, and then I could, of course, add them to an inner circle to stay focused. But, you know, if you've got a colleague that you really want to court and woo and, and really kiss up to, and let's say he or she posts something last Wednesday, the likelihood of you ever seeing that post just naturally in your feed is slim to none because she's buried at the bottom of that pile and, you know, it's all chronological. So the only way really to see what she posted is to go into her profile, go into that activity feed and see if she posted anything new. And if not, well, rinse and repeat. Do it for the next person. That's ridiculous. Here, I don't have have to worry, oh, I didn't log on to LinkedIn for a couple of days because I know they're kind of in this category. Just go there whenever I want and see if she posted anything new. And, you know, not everyone posts everything every day. So if she posted twice a, uh, in a month, well, I'll, I'll always see it. And now I'm going to be one of the few people who consistently likes and comments or shares her posts. Only good things can come from that, where I'm putting my name and face not only in front of her, but also her circle. Because, you know, whenever I, I, I comment or something on her post, everyone in her world sees it too. So it's a great way of not only getting results from your own inner circle, but also their inner circle as well. And at that point, I mean, that's the whole power of networking on LinkedIn, where um, you're kind of digging the well before you need it. So they may be in a position to hire you, not necessarily today, but let's say in a month from now or a couple of months from now. Um, and now you've you've kind of you're building that, those relationships so that they'll reciprocate eventually sooner than later. Right. Because one of the opportunities on LinkedIn is essentially that you can show off your resume like that is your personal right. profile on LinkedIn. And that could give you job opportunities. Obviously, that's something I'm rarely looking for, although I'm always looking for new clients and customers. <laughs> uh, and I know that there's some value in connecting with people that way as well. But yeah, so it can lead to new opportunities. That definitely seems like a potential advantage for, for people that want to check out LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's The power is not only posting, but also in engaging with others. And, um, you know, and, and that's, that's something that a lot of people forget, that you don't have to always have something to say on your own. You could riff off of uh, somebody else's post. Yeah, big time. Now, you kind of answered this objection already, but I'm sure it's in some people's minds. And that's the idea that, you know, to get something out of it, you got to put yeah. time into it. I, I happen to auto post a sure. lot of content to LinkedIn and I just check in sure. occasionally to see what, what's going on and the type of engagement. But, uh, yeah, for people who are thinking or wondering if they really need to add more time to their, their social <laughs> media, cadre, uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, you know, there's that saying when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So kind of like the reason we created inner circles was to cut down on the time. Cause I don't know if anyone really wants to make time for LinkedIn. You know, there's some people who do it out of professional obligation, you know, they're, they're salespeople, they're headhunters. So for them, they've got to go on LinkedIn and they're cold calling one way or another. 
But for the rest of us who are like networking and thought leaders or whatever that means, you know, where we're sharing content. Um, yeah, we have to go on to LinkedIn and engage with others. It's like the right thing to do. But if we don't do it efficiently, it very quickly feels like the wrong thing to do. So, you know, yes. it, it's we literally kind of made this thing so that it's like, look, you should go on there and see what your VIP are doing because you know that these are the people who recommend customers and clients to you. You know these are the people who who would hire you or have hired you or hired your friends and colleagues. So you know these are the right people. So you know you should engage with them. And here, you know, like we can literally lead the horse to the right stream of water. Uh, We can't necessarily drink for them, but it's better than saying, hey, just go out and see if you can find the right stream and good luck to you. So from that aspect, it's a more efficient way of networking on LinkedIn. But ultimately, yeah, we have to make the time. But instead of it being an hour every day, it's literally take the 10 minutes once a week. And it's like one of those uh, exercise infomercial products that, you know, you can literally get the results in minutes a day instead of hours or never doing it at all. So earlier you mentioned some of the there are some yeah. annoying things about LinkedIn that, that people are going to probably find when they go into it. So what are some of those things? In well, LinkedIn? of course, the, you know, the scrolling and scrolling issue we kind of talked about, right? With uh, And that's kind of solved by inner circles. The yeah. other thing that I, I really get annoyed with is LinkedIn groups, which people have pretty much just run away from. So they're in the midst of revamping wow. LinkedIn groups because pretty much became kind of like drive-by posting, meaning people would like run into the room throw the pieces of paper of their articles into it and then run out of the room. And imagine literally being in a room where that's all people did was just come in, hand out their articles and leave. This is what people are doing by going to LinkedIn groups, posting a link to their article and then leaving. No one's engaging. No one's commenting on any other articles. No one's asking a question that isn't without that sales ulterior motive uh, where it's like really just a layup to, to a pitch. Um, where it, so it became, um, again, a waste of time and awful. So LinkedIn decided to shut down groups and figure out a way to increase the moderation, um, meaning literally give more power to moderators to kind of figure out a better way of engagement. It's still in the midst of it. You know, the jury's still out whether or not it really is going to work out. You know, it's hard to fight human nature. And, you know, you know LinkedIn is uh, a... Uh, a great tool for sales professionals and, and, you know, I'm in the sales process myself, so I get it, but uh, we have to kind of find the right way of using LinkedIn groups without it being just a way to blast each other and spam each other. And, and the other aspect that I hate talking about spam, the other aspect that I'm not a fan of with LinkedIn is that you'll get tons of unsolicited email from people pitching you. And that's essentially spam. That's not going to go away because LinkedIn makes money off that. That's part of their business model is to essentially sell access um, through uh, sponsored in-mail, as they call it, which is uh, LinkedIn email. Luckily, you're not going to get it in your regular inbox, but um, you will get it once you log into LinkedIn. A, there's no way of avoiding it. B, it might be even attractive for someone to do it. Um, and C, quite frankly, if their algorithm can get it right, it it, it it will be less and less annoying. I think they can improve it so that it's actually pretty relevant. Like I like when commercials are really tailored to what I'm going through and what I'm doing. Like Facebook ads are great for that reason. They've got more knowledge about what I like and what I don't like. 
So I want to see that. And of course, I'm in the marketing world. So I have a added uh, incentive to like it. But, um, you know, I think that'll improve. I think it's annoying right now. I don't think they have full grasp of it, but it is something to tolerate. But, you know, all these social media platforms have to make money somehow. Uh, so long as we yeah. can be conscious of that, you know, I think those um, annoyances uh, can kind of be uh, tolerated if we use LinkedIn the right way for ourselves and kind of figure out that, all right, these are our professional relationships. This is the place for us to network with them online and do it the right way. And hopefully inner circles can help. Yeah, what's fascinating about that when you mentioned about groups is that even just a few years ago, everybody was saying, oh, you got to get into the groups. That's where the juice is. That's yeah. where the conversation is happening. And if you're not there, then you're, you're as good as not on LinkedIn. So I, I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, Facebook groups, on the other hand, are, are pretty good. I mean, I think uh, uh, for some reason, or maybe literally it is the reason where people are kind of hanging out on Facebook more, uh, it's, you know, they're... I'm sure some of them are annoying, but for the most part, I found they're pretty interactive. Not quite sure why LinkedIn wasn't able to crack that mm, yet. Gotcha. Now, another thing that I think some of my listeners might take interested in is this idea of becoming a thought leader or influencer. Have you sort of yeah. said, you know, whatever that yeah. is? And of course, yeah, it is sort of hard to define. But if you if you were to add a little bit to that, you know, how would someone become that? You know, I think we all have subject matter expertise and you know, knowing that you are a couple of chapters ahead uh, over other people, uh, we do we can see you as an expert in, in, in certain areas because you have the experience, let alone some educational credentials and the work experience, and you've done it enough. Fair, you're an expert. Um, you know, terms like subject matter expert and thought leader, I think, are you know, you know, over a period of time become real passe because it's, they become cliches and really corny unto itself. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason get annoyed by them but they're, they're just placeholders for we know what they mean and and, and they so they fit the bill uh, like any cliche does and and that really happens through repetition you know personal branding is like other branding branding happens through repetition um, repetition leads to familiarity familiarity leads to trust and in the sales and marketing world we talk about knowing someone liking someone and then doing business with those mm-hmm. who trust no liking trust so um you know, search engine optimization happens through repetition and consistency. Uh, branding is the same way. It literally, when we when we hear and see a repeated message, it literally changes our brain. That's what memory is. So, without getting too hyper technical about it, when we talk about branding, we're literally singeing someone's brain. We're changing synapses. We're changing their memory of how they remember us. Um, so that's pretty radical. So, if we could literally brand someone's brain repetition why wouldn't we do that that's how you get remembered um and and so bottom line that's basically it comes down to posting content and engaging with those very specific people so that you can stay memorable the more you're remembered the more you'll be referred um i guess the opposite is really true that if you're not remembered there's no way you can be referred and engaged with um so just because someone remembers you doesn't necessarily mean they'll refer and recommend you um but of course, yeah, the opposite is definitely true. So from that aspect, um, being a subject matter expert and a thought leader literally is leading by thought. And the other aspect of that is say something distinctive and different so that people do remember you. If you're literally just sharing what other people are are uh, typing up, um, curating content is, is a good beginning. Uh, engaging with others is a good beginning, but you should have your own personal brand, something that you're bringing, you know, think about it in the music world, right? You should have your own sound, uh, I think a lot of benefit to 
to cover bands and to riding on other people's coattails. I think that, that's a great thing. Uh, but when you have your own sound, you're really remembered then um, without offending any of the musicians out there because I am not one. Uh, but you, when you have your own sound and you have that own brand where people know that distinctive aspect of who you are, it's much easier for people to remember you and recommend you for a very specific purpose. Mm. And that's what personal mm. branding and subject matter expertise boils down mm. to. That's awesome. That's a really great explanation. And another thing that you mentioned earlier was just this idea of networking. And I know that's something I used to do quite a bit on Twitter, actually. Sometimes I've uh, been able to book interviews, podcast interviews through Twitter, which has been kind of cool. But I definitely see the same thing happening with LinkedIn. I've had a couple people contact me in the last year or so that have actually helped me with my business and have given me great marketing tips or even just free consultations. And I've gone like, wow, I wasn't expecting to receive this kind of value just being on LinkedIn. But uh, it, it's such an amazing thing to see. Uh, sometimes you just connect with people that way. Yeah, you'll see that more and more. I mean, people are starting to take LinkedIn more seriously because uh, I'm happy that these kind of their guns to be that professional networking space. Mm. Um, you know, luckily they they didn't uh, abandon that and just kind of uh, become a Facebook clone. The interface may be a Facebook clone, <laughs> but at least the purpose is still nonetheless uh, professional. And so people, you know, like your own business coach, and, and it's happening. Um, it, and it's kind of part of the reason why we put a renewed focus on this year because it's this has been, I think, a very big turning point for LinkedIn where. It's gone from annoyance or confusion of what is this LinkedIn thing or getting annoyed that people are inviting you into LinkedIn to like obligation of like, all right, you're the fifth person to invite me in. Fine, I'll, I'll join this thing called LinkedIn, but I'll never use it to now kind of that next phase of going, oh, OK, I guess it can be useful for these very specific instances. I don't know if they'll ever get to the stickiness and the addictive aspect of other social media, uh, which, of course, that's what they want. Um, uh, but, um, you know. Because what they what LinkedIn wants for us, if we can achieve our own goals of thought leadership, networking, sales techniques, um, then I think it'll it'll help uh, it'll help all of us. Yeah, and then one thing I was a little bit weary of was just the fact that LinkedIn had been acquired by Microsoft a couple of years ago. So yeah. I was hoping, sitting here hoping, like there wouldn't be too many uh, major negative changes to them. They've definitely made changes, but so far they made changes and. and um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they've ruined it. You no. know, it, you know, LinkedIn was never like kind of like the cool kid anyway. So when Microsoft bought them, it wasn't like uh, when Yahoo bought Tumblr, where like the cool cachet suddenly the veneer left, and it's like, oh man, this is gonna, you know, it's, uh, which is ironic that Yahoo was kind of seen as like, you know, outdated <laughs> when they were a pioneer at one point. Yeah. But with, with LinkedIn, they they were ne they never had this cool veneer. So that when Microsoft bought them, I don't think it hurt them in, in terms of you know brand because it was like yeah all right you know make kind of made sense and quite frankly uh, it makes sense. I mean Salesforce was after them too, and that would also have made sense because they're, they're you know, they make a lot of money off sales professionals. So either one would have made sense. Um, yeah, I don't think they've really ruined it. They haven't really added features that are awful. I like their new chat system. Um, the chat system is a lot, very similar to the way Facebook Messenger is, um, where it's kind of always on and always open, and and, um, and you kind of see people's presence on LinkedIn. I think that's a nice, healthy change. The interface is another one, um, and of course, revamping improves. We talked about for some reason they didn't really create what we're calling inner circles. I don't they 
they don't really see that value because they don't really make money when we network. They only really make money on the sales professionals, be it advertisers or job posters, people who want to uh, cold call people in their third and fourth degree that's outside of our first degree. So that's how they make money. So that's always going to be their priority. Um, but uh, for for the rest of us, um, I think it's uh, only it's becoming better. And you know, even Microsoft is going through their own renaissance. So they have to figure themselves out. And I think uh, they've purposely left uh, LinkedIn alone. There may be more integration as Microsoft does other stuff, but it's been pretty good. Right. Well, I guess the conclusion that we can come to overall then is that LinkedIn is worth exploring. It may not be for everybody, but I would say, you know, if you're skeptical or if you're not quite sure, I think it's worth worth a look and maybe just try it out and see, experiment. Yeah, I would say so. Like if, if you do any business with professionals, are you getting hired by them, recommending them, um, developing other type of opportunities with other uh professionals uh, in the music space or in the in the corporate space, then LinkedIn is going to definitely bring in results. And, and hopefully Inner Circles um, is easy enough to use by anyone. It's free and, and it could help make it more efficient and uh, effective that way. Yeah, because I know that in my case, I'm talking to vendor or suppliers or poten- potential yeah. partners, affiliates that I can connect with or even potential investors. So I know that that represents an opportunity too. Correct. Awesome. Yep. Well, Vic, this has been a great conversation. Is there anything else I should have asked? No, no, that's pretty much the basics. I'm, I'm looking forward to people connecting with me. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time and your generosity. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening. Make sure to go to musicentrepreneurhq.com for show notes and other goodies. And leave us a review in iTunes to help us spread the word. 